0: The recently sworn in government of Israel is by far the most religious right wing government in Israel's history. The repercussions of this government have already been felt in many ways. One of the hallmarks of the new government's first few months in office has been the controversial judicial reforms. These reforms were, in fact, a mandate that many parties stood on during the elections last year. The changes of these reforms planned by the new government, have been decried as an attack on democracy, with many influential voices on the left in Israel speaking out against them. For example, Yair Lapid, the leader of the opposition, said that if the government doesn't stop, there will be no democracies left in the Middle East, adding that this reform was, quote, an extreme regime change. This week is the tenth week of protests against the reform, with the Times of Israel claiming that, that over 300,000 people attended rallies across the country today. Even the President of Israel, Chaim Herzog, who is supposed to be a neutral figure in Israeli politics, has called for the government in no uncertain terms to abandon the quote, disastrous legislation. Some Israeli pilots have refused to show up for duty on the basis of the reforms, the banks have said that the reforms will deter crucial foreign investment. In the US, Democrat members of Congress have sent a letter to Joe Biden urging him to quote, use all diplomatic tools at his disposal to stop the Israeli government from carrying out its planned reforms. So here are the questions. What are these judicial reforms all about? Why has it caused such an enormous rift In Israeli society? And finally, why are these reforms important from a biblical perspective? Firstly, in order to understand the reforms, we must first understand the role of a Supreme Court in democracy. The Supreme Court, in the context of a parliamentary system, is there to interpret and apply the laws that are enacted by Parliament and check their validity against the nation's constitution. So what then are Israel's legal reforms all about? Well, there are four main components to the proposed judicial reform in Israel. Number one, the reform will change how the Supreme Court justices are elected, selected, giving sitting MKs more influence in their appointment. Incidentally, this will bring the system closer to the American way of choosing justices. Secondly, the plan includes changing the law so that government ministers will be able to appoint their own legal advisers. These legal advisers would lose their power to make binding decisions and instead only be able to issue legal advice to the MKs. Thirdly, the Supreme Court would be required to base their judgments on the law rather than on the so-called grounds of reasonability, That are used at present. And number four, finally, the the override clause. This means that the Knesset would be able to override the Supreme Court decisions with a simple 61 members of Knesset majority. In many ways, this clause is seen as the gun on the table, in a sense. Without it, the Supreme Court could technically strike down any new legislation the minute it left the Knesset. In fact, in the UK, the ultimate decision remains with Parliament, not the judiciary. Parliamentary sovereignty is the principle of the UK Constitution. You may be thinking, along with me, that there is nothing particularly startling about these reforms. There is very little reason why any of these changes should result in the end of democracy in Israel, as so many on the left have claimed. In fact, these reforms strengthen the power given to the people, rather than strengthening the power to the self-elected group of judicial elites at the top of Israeli society. In many ways, the reform seeks to limit the Supreme Court's power to something that is closer to forms in many other Western democracies, like the UK or America. So the question remains, why have these reforms caused such a gigantic chasm in Israeli society. Caroline Glick, who is an American-born Israeli columnist, journalist and author, has this to say about the reforms. In Israel, as in states throughout the Western world, the political left is an ecosystem of power and not merely a political camp. It starts with the parties of the centre and far left, but it encompasses far more powerful institutions and actors as well. These include the universities, the vast majority of the media organs, most of the entertainment Israel industry, and much of the economic elite. The left also comprises the senior ranks of the security establishment, represented most clearly by politically active retired generals in Israel. The most powerful component of the left's ecosystem in Israel is the legal fraternity which is comprised of the Supreme Court, the Attorney General, the State Prosecution and the legal advisers to the Knesset and the government ministries. Despite its control over vast power sources in Israeli society, the left does not control the Israeli people themselves a significant majority of Israelis now define themselves as right of centre, as per the recent election results. End quote. The Supreme Court is the greatest stronghold of the political left in Israeli society. The last few decades have seen the rise of the right-wing, and particularly religious Zionism in Israel. The ferocity of these protests, in my opinion, have very little to do with the actual legal detail of the reforms, and more to do with the general direction of the country. The reforms could be seen as the final straw, the point at which the left wing have snapped in Israel. And it exposes a deep-rooted fault line in the nation, two fundamentally different views of Zionism. The political left sees Zionism as a secular movement, seeking to find Israel a place in the world and be just like the other nations around them. The right wing, on the other hand, want to emphasise the Jewish ethno-national nature of the state of Israel, with the religious Zionist camp taking this further to say that the state is a vehicle in God's redemption process for his people. There is a fundamental war of the dreams in Israel. The right wing has been winning the war for decades, Over the past years, religious Zionism has made a relentless rise to the top, now controlling many influential positions in the government. Some ministers themselves are now settlers from the West Bank. This is the true battle in Israel right now, not the judicial reforms themselves per se. So why then is this important as far as Bible prophecy is concerned? There are many passages in Scripture that lead us to believe that the controversy of Zion at the time of the end will have strongly religious overtones. The very phrase, controversy of Zion, as it is written about in Isaiah 34 and verse 8, is clearly a religious conflict. This controversy has been played out down through time between God's people and Babylon the Great, or the Roman Church as Revelation describes it. The beast of Europe, pictured in Revelation 17, is ridden by a woman, the great whore, which is a definitively religious symbol. When the nations come against Jerusalem, as we read in Joel, we read in verse 9 that they say, prepare war, and the Hebrew for this is sanctify war. This sanctification is a religious idea. When Russia makes her grand move for the building up of her image empire, the religious aspect of the two feet of the Eastern and Western Rome Roman Empire will be reunited. The Greek or Eastern Orthodox Church, along with the Roman Catholic Church, will work together to bring about the invasion of Israel. And finally, the catalyst for the gathering of the nations to Armageddon is described in the sixth vial of Revelation 16. The frog-like spirits, the teachings of humanism, are a major factor in bringing the nations against Israel. Graham Pearce has this to say, It is plain from Revelation 17 and 18 that the papal system is the religious part of Babylon the Great. We can imagine the Pope expressing great indignation at Jewish developments in the land of Israel and the probable desecration of their holy places. So it is fitting that the papacy, shall be the religious head of this great confederacy, which, coming down upon the land, brings to a climax the controversy of Zion and receives a recompense at the hand of Christ. End quote. We expect to see a religious spirit in the land of Israel prior to the Gogian invasion and particularly on the mountains of Israel. The judicial reforms have exposed the deep fault line in Israeli society and demonstrated just how far the right wing have come. The state that began last century as a left-wing socialist movement is morphing into something very different in front of our eyes. These are times of change. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us put off the works of darkness and walk as children of the light. This has been Daniel Blackburn joining you for this week's edition a Bible in the-